Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. What a time to be alive up here in the intro. So just a couple exciting things to share with you before we dive into this episode of Slayers. So tomorrow, October 27th, we're going to be doing our next <gasps> Pumpkin Spike Autumn group watch. We're going to be watching two Halloween episodes. We're going to be watching Halloween and All the Way. Now watch is going to be kicking off at 8 p.m. Eastern Tomorrow night, October 27th, in the Discord. Come and join us. Hang out. Bring your pumpkins. Carve them while we watch. I don't know. Maybe carve them after we watch or before. Yeah, it's a, but you know what? You want to be paying attention when you're, when you're carving. Bring your spiced uh, cider. Bring your uh, donuts. Bring your pumpkin beer. Uh, let's yes. let's have a little Halloween fun together. Ooh, Jenny, it's so close to when we get to show them what our Halloween costumes are. How fun. Hooray. Um, <laughs> Uh, a couple other dates coming up that you should know about. Uh, first of all, in case you're wondering when the next X-Files episode comes out, we took a couple of weeks off there to gather our Slayer's ducks up and get them in a row. We will be back in the X-Files feed on November 1st talking about the episode Born Again. And then just three days after that, put it in your calendars. November 4th, Pumpkin Spike Autumn comes to a close with a triple whammy at 3 p.m. Eastern, Jenny is going to be playing all your favorite Spike-adjacent songs from oh, Buffering yeah. the Vampire Slayer. Very fun. Jenny, I'm hoping that I get to say at least one mbapa, mbapapa, Spike looks good. For sure. Okay. Um, and after that concert of Spike songs, we're going to be watching Lover's Walk and Fool for Love. Spike, 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 all the way down. Uh, so please join us. All of the details can be found on our Patreon, patreon.com slash bufferingcast. And our last order of business before we get into it here is the results of last episode's Sexual Attention Awards. <laughs> so in fourth place with 12% of the vote, not that she cares or needs your approval in any way, shape, or form. It's Anya and Anyanka. Kristen has provided me with some <laughs> ship names, uh, a.k.a. Anyankaya. <laughs> that was my proudest Great. of my ship names. I love that it. I, I love it. This next one is really good, too. In third place, with 25% of the vote, uh, it's Clem and Spike, a.k.a. Splem. Splem. You don't need Mucinex for it. It's Splem. That's right. In second place, well, 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 things are heating up on this burner. 29% of the vote, it's Cordelia and Spike. Spordelia? Cordike? The general consensus from the group has been that Spordelia is their is the people's choice. Spordelia feels good. Mm -hmm. And in first place, with 35% of the vote, in spite of the fact that this is absolutely, in no uncertain terms, <laughs> none of our business, <laughs> it's Drew and Tara. It's, it's Drew Sarah, or if you're Drusilla, Drew Sarah, mm. or Tarasilla. 
or Tarsilla. Tarsilla really just has a certain, it just sounds like Godzilla. So I really like that one better. So those are the results. Uh, Don't forget to keep voting. Uh, as we continue to move through the series, please, we desperately need your votes. Uh, they're very important to us and uh, to our hearts and minds. Uh, voting in, in our sexual tension award polls have been clinically, it's been clinically proven to mm-hmm. clear your skin, mm-hmm. help you get better sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, your pets will be happier. You'll be happier. Yeah. Five out of five medical yeah. doctors agree. There we go. <laughs> All right. Let's get into today's episode covering a Slayers episode three. Oh. Christ! Olivia, step back. There's a bloody door in the floor. I'm aware. It wasn't there. Hello? Uh, Anya, my God. Hello, Giles. This is so odd. <laughs> Rupert, explain. Olivia, I swear to you. You said you'd put all this behind you. It is behind me. She's supposed to be dead. Oh, that's nice. For your information where I come from, you're the dead one. Um, hi. We should probably explain. to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we were once watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, but we are now listening to and discussing every episode of Slayers, a Buffyverse story, one by one, spoiler free. (laughs) I am undeniably Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am undeniably Kristen Russo. And this week we are back talking about episode three of Slayers, a Buffyverse story. The entire series was written by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden and directed by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden with co-direction from Casey Wayland. It was also produced by Casey Wayland and originally aired in a binge drop October 12th, 2023. Uh, this is the one where Giles and Olivia are having sex inside of a bookstore that they apparently own together in London. England? England. Maybe not London. Listen, Giles and Olivia, they're kissing each other. They love each other. Their life is actually kind of great, it seems like, until once again, in blows an (laughs) apocalypse. Yes, that which we have been praying for since Hush aired has indeed come to pass. Oh my God, thank Uh, God. We knew. Praise the Lord. Love to see it. Hear it. Uh, this, is, this is also the one where Clem bites the head off of a, what are they called? Demon? Pothos demon. Penthos? Penthos demon. Apothos demon. Apothos demon. Apothos demon. They do well in low light and office environments. <laughs> They're uh, very hard to kill. Yeah, you can propagate those demons like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, Jenny, um, big thoughts on this episode? Uh, Thrilled to see Olivia. (laughs) Thrilled that Giles is back in the mix. I do have some questions. (laughs) Yeah, I um, there are certain arcs that are really, really working for me and that I am so intrigued by. And there are some arcs that I feel and I, you know, listen, 
far be it from me uh, to write an audio drama of my own, but there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's this, it's this like show don't tell, like you want to show not tell, right? Just generally in anything you create, you, you want to show not tell, but I can't imagine what that lift looks like when you literally can't show you know what I mean like you can't you you don't have the image you can't watch the the folks talking you can't do anything visually so you are really tied to the words that come out of folks mouths and in mm. some ways I think that the stories are being told really great in that way but in other ways I really have just felt like okay like I understand I understand that Anya's magic is chaotic in this dimension you know like I understand that and I don't need to be told again and I almost want and Again, you know, we experience this so differently because we we listen to the episode. I don't know if you're listening twice, Jenny, but um, oh yeah, yeah. So it's like we listen to it casually, and then we listen. And when I do my second listen for my notes, I'm like pausing, I'm taking notes, I'm you know like digging into certain things. I'm like oh, connecting the dots. So it's hard to say if certain things that feel a little bit too over the head feel more so because of how in depth we get. That said, I don't even know where I am inside of this sentence that I started, but that said, listeners or Buffy fans, I should say, go deep. So like, I think that as uh, the like fans of the Buffyverse, you don't have to tell us things usually more than once or twice because we go deep. We want to make the connections. We want to find things you didn't even mean to write in the script. And so I think there are mm -hmm. some places where this is just coming on a little bit heavy handed to me with how many times I've been told certain things. And we can get into that um, inside of the episode. I do want to say one more thing, big thought wise, which is between Jenny and I, I have listened to the whole series, all nine episodes, and Jenny is going one at a time with those of you who are going one at a time with us. Um, at this point in my listen, I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how much I'm feeling certain things, like I just said. By the time I got to latter episodes and then the end, I was clamoring for more. So I would say that if you're feeling a dip at this point and you're like, should I keep going? I would encourage you to keep going um, because I think that some of the things that are developed and um, some of the things that happen are worth it to continue. I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, okay. So Spike's previously on is clearly going to become a theme. Yeah, uh, he's also being harassed by rats. Um, noted. The rats that Angel left alive are now coming to, to uh, haunt Spike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are the daughters of the rats <laughs> that your sire, your grandsire didn't exsanguinate. <laughs> that's, that's, um... That's what the T-shirt says that all the little rats are wearing. Yeah. And I think, you know, the previously on... And Latoya, I think, mentioned this. Maybe it was Latoya. I can't even remember anymore. But someone mentioned the fact that it's funny to have previously ons in a binge series because we're binging them. Yeah. Right? Like, it's written. It was dropped in a binge. So... Uh, but there are certain things that I think, uh, going against what I said earlier, bear repeating. I think the Anyanka lore that we were given last episode like for me a listener I like to have that spelled out again by Spike yeah. that was helpful for me to sort of wrap my brain around so maybe they decided to do this both for folks who spaced them out or dropped in on a latter episode and also yeah. just to get that repetition I just wish some of the stuff that they repeated in the characters scripts they would just give to Spike at the beginning instead 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's like a balance, a better balance that could be struck there. Yeah. I do find myself that like when I binge something, which is like not what I'm doing with this, but like mm. right now I'm like blasting through Doctor Who. And because I am just watching kind of like episode after episode, I find myself, you know, occasionally missing small details or being like, oh, wait, what is how does this type? It's clear that I'm supposed to remember how this ties back to something, but I'm totally blanking. And um, I think when you're doing sort of like week to week watching or listening or whatever like you're maybe getting a little bit more of the details sort of like absorbed into your brain so totally. if you are binging this i feel like uh spikes previously are are probably helpful just to sort of like okay i got to the end of the episode and now here's like the reset reminding me of what i need to to know going mm-hmm. forward and let's go spike the sorbet course between meals yeah courses <laughs> whatever I'm okay, not, so I'm not a fancy bitch. I don't actually know what a sorbet course is for. <laughs> Cleanse the palate. Yes, thank you. I th- actually think it's a sherbet course that's supposed to be the palate cleanser. Not I don't know sorbet. what meaningful differences there there are between <laughs> I think sorbet I... and sherbet. But also the fact that I have discovered as an adult that the word is sherbet and not sherbert I know. is so disturbing. Is that, it's a okay. real Berenstain Bear situation. <laughs> I was just, okay, so two things that, are, that I have to follow up on, which are neither one about Buffy. Uh, sherbet, sherbet. Is that a regional thing? Because I same, sherbet. We always said sherbet. And I'm curious if you're from California, if you're from not the United States. I don't know. Do you Did you also mix it up or did you always know it was sherbet? Two, Jenny, I think I'm going to make a guess. I'm pretty sure that sherbet has like can have dairy of some kind in it, whereas sorbet does not. That's my guess. Great guess. Totally wrong. No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were looking it up. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. All right, are. no, let's leave it. Let's just leave it out in the ether and let the. I'm sure we'll get a yeah. strongly worded email or two <laughs> illuminating for us uh, where we've gone wrong here. Okay. We pick up at the ambush where we left off in the last episode, right? And I feel like for an audio story, I feel like there are a lot of um, fights, a lot of punching, a lot of punching. And also what's required in that is sort of like for dialogue to occur that feels maybe um, a little unnatural Mm -hmm. so that we know who is punching who and like who is receiving what blows and stuff. Right. And I, this feels just like a little bit like, um, I don't know. Like, a, a, I'm, you're wanting more, uh, like show don't tell, which, you know, we're not the ones making the audio drama. So we're not claiming to know the answer of how to do that. But as a listener, like, I think I'm picking up, um, what you're putting down Jenny and, uh, like, how do you have a fight? Like, how do you do that? How do you have a fight scene where you don't explain what's happening? Um, I, and I don't know because I don't listen to a lot of audio dramas, but I do, I have been thinking a lot about what it would have been to have a narrator throughout, like sort of a voice to help us understand what's happening, giving then the characters the ability to be freer with their dialogue and not have that lift of explaining like, the lore or who they're hitting or so on and so forth. Um, but I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not a big audio drama listener, so I don't know if that's a tool that's used or overused or, you know, I have no idea. It's my first one, guys. Now, I don't know if the answer is like fewer fights or handling the fights differently or like you said, some kind of like 
uh, more uh, ongoing narration that would like kind of illuminate. It's just like it's just an interesting thing to take a show where we're like a story where we're like very used to seeing mm-hmm. fights and then translating that to audio. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, if there was if there were two podcasters in the universe, you could just cut to the episodes of their podcast as Totally. And we're available. We are available. We we are here for you <laughs> if you would like us to uh do that lift. <laughs> the what but made me actually think of that Jenny is I was sort of as you were talking thinking like what are other ways like who could be a narrator? How do you narrate inside of something like this? And I thought, well, you know, you have Indira, like you have this like teen girl who's been obsessed on the subreddits who like might be keeping a journal or keeping a log or keep you know what I mean like I could see Indira mm. being in some like Indira and Spike doing sort of like this this double lift of keeping us informed on the particulars and taking some of that off of the characters um but we'll see you know I I think this is the it's the first season and I I genuinely genuinely hope that we get more um and so I think maybe some of these things will go <laughs> let's all think about the first season of Buffy the vampire slayer shall we oh my gosh (laughs) and how a lot of lot of kinks had to get worked out um and blessed Mm -hmm. season one and all of its glory but you know uh jenny i want to let you know even though you probably saw it yourself that in the script the dog demon that is fighting these folks in the opening scene everyone else is just like minion one minion two but the dog demon is named rolf (laughs) wow so yeah for no, of course. We never learn that. Like, as a listener, you will never know that. But uh, his name is Rolf. Cordelia kicks his ass. Um, would love to bring a little sound clip in here and listen to Cordy, uh, just because we love Cordy, but also hear a little bit of uh, Cordy's backstory. I'll finish the big dog man. You go fight something else. I'm entirely capable of fighting the big dog man, darling. Not your darling, Spike. Down, boy. And not the Cordelia chase you knew. Sit. I've been the Slayer 19 years. Most don't make it to four. I said stay. Now roll over and play dead. Good boy. 19 fucking years of being the Slayer. Cordelia was the Slayer for four years Nope, that's the wrong math. Three years before Indira was even born. Wow. (laughs) That's wild. That's too long. Don't you think, I mean, classic Watcher's Council, that there's no retirement plan for a Slayer. But, like, don't you think you should be able to retire, like, maybe after 15? But then there's just no Slayer for until you die a natural death. Oh, true. I guess that is a flaw in the plan. Maybe they could just, well, if they if they could just peek over to the other universes, they would know that if they just did a tiny little bit of drowning to Cordy, then they would get their new story. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, drown yeah. her for, just... like, a little bit. <laughs> she only needs to die for a second. <laughs> Apparently, every single Slayer is a delicious cocktail of trauma for Penthos demons to enjoy. Listen, Miranda, Miranda differentiating between all of the different kinds of demons and people that have uh despair. It's like we and Miranda, you could literally feed off of anyone. Like you just na- you're just classifying them for no reason. We're all yeah, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. miserable inside. We get it. Yeah, yeah. She's like a she's being like um like a really intense beer guy, you know? <laughs> uh not that there's anything wrong with being an intense beer guy, but Sometimes 
you know, intense beer guys want to explain things in minute detail to people who are just trying to drink a beer. <laughs> in my in my limited experience. Uh, yeah, we're like despair, despair, despair. Miranda's like, mm, she's like your she's like your sommelier of... fan, and you're like, I am but a peasant. Stop yeah. saying notes of <laughs> oak. Um. All right, we go to Galaxy Books. Still remains my favorite place uh, in the universe. And Rahim, one of my favorite characters still. <laughs> Rahim is definitely the most reasonable person that we've met in this universe. <laughs> yeah. Rahim just wants to sell his books and be left alone. Honestly, Rahim, give, show me the Rahim Giles uh, sharing a beer scene. You know, these two have a lot in common. Clem is reading Little Women to Anyanka. Um, how do you feel about this specific selection? Well, f- I would like to admit that at first I was so confused because the last time I heard Clem talking about a book, he was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, which I have neither read nor seen. And I, so I don't know the characters' names. So when I was listening to this for the first time, I was like, Amy and Laurie, those are the names of the two characters in Fifty Shades of Grey. Isn't the guy's name a girl's name in Fifty Shades of Grey too? Or is that not correct? Uh, his name is Christian Grey. <laughs> okay, so okay. But so I read the whole thing and did not know it was little or read the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing and didn't know that it was little women until he outright said it was little women. Um, how do I feel about this choice? I don't know. I didn't feel anything except for, oh, it's not Fifty Shades of Grey, LOL. And then I thought of what I always <laughs> think of when I hear little women, which is Joey from Friends putting it in the freezer because he's so sad. <laughs> do you not remember that episode He doesn't like the ending, so he puts it in the freezer. He Yeah, he, <laughs> he makes... So he makes uh, Rachel read it, and Rachel makes him uh, read Little Women, and he Mm -hmm. tells Rachel how when he's really, really scared, like, if you get really scared, what I do is I put the book in the freezer when I get really scared. He just shuts it in the freezer. And so he Mm -hmm. reads Little Women, and then spoilers for Little Women, when Beth, it's Beth, right, gets sick. uh, R.I.P. Yeah, he has the book in the freezer. (laughs) So... Joey. Yeah, just a delightful Joey Tribbiani moment for... Uh, my heart. What do you feel about Little Women and Clem, Jenny? Uh, never read it. I've only watched the adaptation that Kirsten Dunst is in. Uh, did not understand what was happening at any point. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's also, just a bunch of little women <laughs> also, as far as a, I could tell with a flourish of his whip is one of the lines that Clem reads which is I'm realizing like I wasn't all on me that I thought that this was Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> oh totally <laughs> you know um, absolutely okay so uh, this, Clem is reading this book to Anyanka the statue of Anyanka and Raheem is like, I would, the store is closed. Raheem basically just leaves and leaves Clem there because he can't anymore. Kristen, would you agree that calling someone a girl diminishes their ability to turn your <laughs> genitals into a sack of maggots? I would agree. Clem, Clem said, I am here to be uh, a man who smashes the patriarchy. Great job, Clem. Mm-hmm. The patriarchy! Okay, so Anyanka gets inside of Clem's head. I like 
this. I like that we get this information. The The way that this begins is Clem is continuing to read aloud from Little Women, but keeps like getting stuck on like syllables where he'll be like, <laughs> with a flourish of his wah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And I like how Anyaka's voice sounds inside of his head. Great. Honestly, <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, Emma Caulfield. I have that note. Emma Caulfield's voiceover work here as Anyanka inside of Clem's head is out of this world. The last line she has where she's like, you may not be my friend, but you're going to be. I was like, fuck, yes. <laughs> it's so good. So, so good. Um, all right. So back to the hospital. Um, can we play the Detective Angel jingle is my question because we get an Angelus drop here. Name drop. I'm ready. Not not to be confused with the naked wet angel drop from Sure, sure, sure. Three. <laughs> Important distinction. Detective Angel. Miranda's minion recognizes Cordelia. Used to work for Angelus. You weren't this bloodthirsty back then. Um, I don't know if I agree. They seem ju- they seem equally bloodthirsty to me, which is not much. They're just fighting evil. No, they're saying that Cordelia wasn't this bloodthirsty back then. Yeah, but I but like what I mean is that Cordelia the Slayer and Cordelia of the Hyperion era, like we're fighting evil. You know, like I don't think they're bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. Bloodthirsty to me means like you are seeking. I guess out- if you're evil, then people who are fighting on the side of quote good are would bloodthirsty. appear bloodthirsty to you. It's all about perspective, true, Kristen. True, 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 of course, true, true, true. Um, I I'm like, why does this demon or whomstever recognize Cordelia from 10 years ago there wasn't even really Facebook (laughs) like people weren't using Facebook a ton there was definitely no Instagram like what was going on in like 2004 (laughs) that uh maybe this demon was um like had a thing with Doyle and so was like really fucking jealous of Cordelia and Doyle and what they had and then was like really pissed when Doyle gave his powers to Cordy Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, in this fight, first of all, two things. I think we've talked in universe in our universe uh, about like the Venn diagram of slayers and quipping and how it seems uh-huh. to just be a circle. Um, and I, I just want to say that that seems to still be proven true in this dimension. Cordelia just quipping left and right here hope you have insurance for that as she fucking throws one of the minions through a car yep. window yep 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 the other thing that i noted is um spike says he's bled on six continents and now to me if i had bled on six continents you better believe i would be going to the seventh continent simply to bleed on it so that i could right. say that i had bled on all seven yeah but antarctica i assume antarctica I assume is too. the one that he has skipped uh, so cold. Nothing to exsanguinate there. <laughs> oh, well, there, I mean, there's plenty of wildlife. And also, like, if you go at the right moment. A polar bear. Yeah, you could find fucking Scully and Mulder trying to find an Yeah, ice maybe bug. a space worm. A they space actually worm. were yeah, uh, in the other direction. Oh, the other direction. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Another another curiosity of the sort of like audio fight thing when someone has a deep wound, when someone is dealt a deep wound we are informed that it is a deep wound and 
What I will say is that I did uh, famously enjoy the sloshing of intestines in the last episode. So I thought that was very effective. Yeah. But like maybe I've just like heard enough fights to like really know what I like at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, Cordelia gives Miranda a little uh, on the back of the head with a baseball bat, I guess. Yeah. But she's just unconscious with, with Slayer strength. You'd think Miranda would have lost her head. So this would be control, a serious amount of control that Cordelia is exerting? Yeah, I guess. I But it, I would think that the goal would have just been to kill Miranda. So I'm not sure. I honestly thought that she had killed Miranda at first, but she very explicitly says, like, they, they, ha- they had to put dialogue in here to let us know that sh- she was not dead, because uh, I think that would be anyone's assumption. Uh, Spike is really into this. Um, why don't yeah. we... Yeah, he's winded, but it does not hold him back in any way. Yeah, good. Right. So, uh, I'm wondering, back in your universe, you got anyone special? You, uh, trapped in a torrid whirlwind of heartbreak with Angel? Oh my god, you're kidding, right? What? You're, you're hitting on me? Right now? At this particular moment, you're astonishingly attractive. I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't throw down the gauntlet. Well, pick it up and put it away. Being hot is not my goal. I have good genes, okay? You really are a different universe's Cordelia. Let's just go now. You know, while... You know, Cordelia 1.0 from our universe... Mm -hmm probably wouldn't say being hot is not my goal. Mm-hmm. She would, if she did say it, say it just like this. <laughs> I know. I actually, it it actually did uh, not land. Like, Spikes, you really are a different universe's Cordelia did not land for me because of, to your point, being hot is not my goal. Fine. If that's all she said, but she doesn't just yeah. say that. She says, I have good genes, okay? She's like, she's saying, I know I'm hot. I don't try to be. It's just like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to me seems exactly like Cordelia of our universe. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so up screeches Clem, question mark, in yet another one of Clem's apparently many antique cars. Uh, but he's sounding awfully possessed. Hello, Spike. Hello. <laughs> I love that, uh, like, the, this is a great, okay, so this is some showing, not telling. We learn so much about Anyanka through how Clem is talking to Anyanka in his head. Yeah. And it is so funny, the fact that he is calling her Mistress Anyanka and assuring her that he does, in fact, love her. Like, he's not saying, I love you so much. He's saying, yes, I do love you. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and apparently uh, Clem has arrived to deliver the message that Anyanka would like Spike to reverse the paralysis spell or she is going to <laughs> smoosh Clem's brain Aww. inside his noggin. <laughs> she said it She said it meaner than that and with profanity. James Leary yeah. really fucking killing it. Um, all right. So we go to the car, which is getting closer and closer to Sunnydale. Um, and Anya is playing the William Tell Overture. Was this already something you were familiar with, Jenny? Everything I learned, I learned from reading the script and then doing some cursory Googling. Um, I have heard the William Tell Overture before. 
like the actual over I had not heard the overture nor heard the words William Tell overture that's where I was coming from yeah I'm, I feel like this came into my awareness at some point during band in elementary <laughs> school or junior high or something I like did my oh I'm gonna learn about this and yada yada and I fucking googled like what's William Tell about and the synopsis was like 40 pages long so I have no idea because I can't read that much for a synopsis just tell me um, but the William Tell Overture, which we learn later, has been, I guess, adapted. I don't know if that's the right word uh, to use, but has been used in other things, notably mm. the theme song to The Lone Ranger, which we'll hear Indira talk about later. Yes. And so Anya saw this uh, opera performed opening night? Yeah. So, I mean, this, because we've only really understood Anya as a witch, but we learn now from this dialogue that Anya of the alternate reality has a similar story to Anya of our reality because she certainly was human at some point. But if she was going to this opera in the 1800s, then uh, something happened along the way. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> um. Some rewrite, I think some rewriting. Uh, we talked about the fact that we thought it was wild that the magic box was still standing. But in this episode, we hear Indira say, you thought they'd joke about a giant sinkhole swallowing half of Sunnydale? And I'm like, half? <laughs> Let's roll back um, the footage, my yeah, friend. Yeah, roll tape yeah. of uh, <laughs> the end of the series finale. Like half. Even uh, the sign goes in. <laughs> It also made me realize um, in this conversation where they were like, so where's the magic box? Well, if it's where my magic box was, I was like, wait, so no one in this car has literally ever been to Sunnydale. Like they were like, okay, team Sunnydale is you two who've never been there ever in your lives. Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, please take a two to three hour field trip uh, to a place you've never been. Yeah. Find this. Although it's i guess it stands to reason that it would be in the same spot like there's a decent chance it would be in the right, same spot right um there is a thi like a sort of double entendre your magic box my magic box thing that i would like to unsubscribe from <laughs> yeah also it's funny to me because it's indira who's giggling at it but like again i only have the brain of a 42 year old but I would think that it would be the 42-year-old brain who would make this joke, not the 16-year-old. Uh, Gen Z, if you're... Is it even Gen Z if you're 16 now? What are you? Gen negative Z? Gen Z squared? Um, if you are 16 and listening to this, could you please tell us if you would um, make a magic box double entendre joke? It just seems like a mom joke at this point to me. Um, Generation Alpha Ooh. is the name for people born between... 2010 and 2024. Generation Alpha is so cool. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie 
in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX. There's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets. You will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. LaToya wrote in her production notes that there was a little bit of like a, and I I know it's not like actually this, it couldn't be, but a little bit of like a no homo vibe with how many times we hear that Anya and Tara were not actually uh, dating or kissing or having any kind of feelings for each other except for being friends. It is, okay. (laughs) It, I could definitely understand why that read could a thing uh i felt that it was perhaps maybe just like a one iteration too many yeah like because we we kind of hear it from different people at different times the talking to other different people in various universes um it feels like maybe just like a thing that uh, if it was reiterated like perhaps one time less it wouldn't quite feel the way that it feels. I agree. I agree. I think it's I think there I think there's two occurrences inside of this episode and it really is like when it comes around again you're like perhaps the ladies doth protest too much like why are yeah, we yeah, saying yeah. it this many times. Um okay. We learn that Tara turned dark. Uh, Anya's telling Indira about this, and Indira name checks Willow. Oh, here in our universe it was Willow. <laughs> She's the one who went to the dark side of magic in our reality. Right, 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 right. Also, it is um, supposed that Drusilla must be, quote, very good at, quote, what she does. <laughs> uh, which Anya would know nothing about because Anya actually is straight. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, they're, they're just best friends, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of best friends, actually, let's go to uh, the other reality into Tara's 
room. Tara right now is talking to Mr. Pickles. Um, and this is a moment that I have in my notes. Like there's a lot of telling here. And I I wish that Mr. Pickles could talk a little bit, you know, like I, I kind of wish there could be dialogue so that um, the character of Tara didn't have to sort of like restate the question. A lot of when I when I was making videos, uh, like in another chapter of my life, and I would be talking to like an interviewer, they would always say like, "I'm going to ask you the question, and then you just repeat the question in your answer in case we don't use like me asking the question." And I feel like that's a lot of the vibe in this scene between Pickles oh, yeah. and Tara. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but we learn that Tara has tracked Anya and Cordelia, and she's not telling Drusilla um, because, again, this interesting story here where she's evil, but she's not that evil. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not that is because the sort of like original flavor Tara that is still a presence inside of her is like balancing out the darkness or not uh we, we don't know yet um but we do find out that kurgan's magic from kurgan's grimoire is like poison mm -hmm. and is the thing that that uh casting from the grimoire is the thing that has um rendered tara uh slipping into the darkness yeah and in order so uh every time that Tara is using the grimoire, uh, she has to drain the magic from another witch to continue forward. Um, so this is important. This is important information that we're learning. Yeah, the, the grimoire drains the magic out of Tara, and then Tara can drain magic out of other witches mm -hmm. so that she can then be funneling that magic back into the grimoire in, in order to keep yeah. working out of it. I'm interested. This, I like I like this invention. Yeah, and I'm interested to, I'm hoping that we get a chance to talk to Amber um, in this run. And, like, obviously there's a lot that we would love to talk to Amber about. But I'm really curious, Jenny, about how much of Amber's experience navigating through worlds of witchcraft. You know, she's written um, fictional series on witchcraft. She, I mm -hmm. think, I recently saw that she did, like, a Hollywood tour of, like, notable witch locations that they, like, put her in charge of. So I'm really wondering some of what she pulled inspiration from for uh, this Kurgan stuff. Later we get um, this book that talks about ley lines, which I had never heard of before and I did a little mm. reading on uh so I'm I'm curious about uh what she pulled in deliberately from her own practices and her own knowledge yeah uh Drew's eavesdropping I mean that's why you don't talk out loud to your friggin monkey like ha the chances of Drew <laughs> you're keeping a secret <laughs> from your evil partner yeah and she says at one point, like, I'm really glad you can't talk, Mr. Pickles. And I'm like, listen, don't put it past Pickles, okay? I, like, Pickles seems like exactly the kind of monkey guy that would figure out a way to communicate your secrets to somebody, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in this exchange, we find out, aha, that it was actually Drusilla who got, who tricked Tara into using the grimoire to begin with. And then, Kristen, ooh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> There is um, some pillow talk uh, that I 
I'm not fit to comment upon. Uh, let me show you how much I hate you, says Tara. Sound effects call for some caressing. Drusilla, oh, that's very nice. Sound effects call for passionate kissing. Tara, breathless. Oh, I hate you all right. So much, I'll hate you all night. Jenny, is this your oh, business? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is this my business? Is this? I don't think this is any of our collective business uh something oh, but but drew drew catches on uh drew knows all of a sudden that she's being deliberately distracted and uh brings an end to things uh turns out oh that uh they're working on a spell to make it so that the sun will no longer be dangerous to vampires and the whole world will be drusilla's playground and Kristen ice cream Drusilla famously loves a playground as you well know as I well know for many episodes of buffering the vampire slayer of yesteryear I sang this used to be Drew's playground and I sang it to myself when I read this I was so happy I pictured her amongst the the iconic Sunnydale swing set definitely has uh, two swings and one of those spinny things where you just whip your friend around until they feel sick, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I was so excited. I, I In my notes, I uh, screamed it, and on the script, I wrote in all caps, Drew's Playground, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, so Kurgan apparently had most of the sunlight spell worked out. Tara's trying to finish it. Good Tara from uh, deep in the recesses of Dark Terra is like, no. Yeah. Uh, and then a distraction, another distraction besides hating her all night <laughs> is happened upon. There was a crown that Drusilla once saw in Copenhagen and that has become, hmm, uh, ooh, shiny. <laughs> um. Tara says something about the sunlight spell that made me really get to thinking. She says, if I'm I, ready. If I do it wrong, I could burn every vampire on Earth to cinders. And I thought, well, if this is true, why are there not folks working in the opposite direction um, on this spell? Because don't you think all the slayers of the world could just sit down? They could get a beer. They could fucking just take a deep breath. Maybe get could, some ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it complicated? Because if every vampire dies, then like Angel would die and Spike would die. <gasps> yeah, we don't want to lose oh those no. guys. Anyway, we leave this scene. <laughs> I do want to say that Drusilla, when Tara says that she could, if she doesn't spell wrong, she might burn every vampire alive. And Drusilla says, on my sad days, I think I might like it. I fucking love Drusilla so much. I can't stand it. <laughs> um, we go back to the magic box. Okay. Anya doesn't believe that Indira has ever been tortured. And Indira's like, oh, before now, you mean? <laughs> Which I love. And then there is an exchange uh, about a few things. Um, Indira's grandfather loves the Lone Ranger. And that's why Indira knows the William Tell Overture, right? Um, And you know what else? Anya is known for her bluntness and sexual appetite. (laughs) Give her her fucking jingle. She's fed. 
One millennium demonically vengeance in Speaks her mind and then some You know she's partial to the finer things And down with double boyfriends, oh yeah Exchanging cash for goods and also services She'd love to hold the money for ya She'll hold that cash Just keep the bunnies far from Anya Love to hear that Anya's in all dimensions are known for their bluntness and their sexual appetite and also get their idioms all wrong all the time. Love. <laughs> I love that as their core personality traits. They're not having any luck finding the book that, that Anya needs and Indira suggests that they maybe should look for it in a place that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we discover that if vampires touch the grimoire, they explode. Just picture like... Tara just like tossing the grimoire to Drusilla being like, catch. (laughs) (laughs) Again, why are we not giving our slayers the grimoire to simply bat the vamp? It would be so much easier if you could just bat a fucking vampire. (laughs) Instead of with a baseball bat. (laughs) We also learn in this exchange that uh, Anya still does not trust bunnies. That's another core personality trait. Jasper is dreaming during this scene. We hear him like little dog snoring. And she says to Indira, he's probably dreaming about chasing bunnies. And simply by the way that Emma Caulfield pronounces the word bunnies, we gather that this Anya doesn't like bunnies. No love lost. Nope. Um, Also, they're looking for a book called Houston's Atlas of Ley Lines and Megaliths. This is what made me look up what a ley line is. I I do want to say that I need more uh, time to do this research, but I'm just going to read to you, Jenny. Uh, do you know what a ley line is? I don't, and I would like to. Please. Okay. I'm just going to read you the first paragraph from Wikipedia. That is how surface this, this research is, okay? But ley lines are straight alignments drawn between various historic structures, prehistoric sites, and prominent landmarks. The idea was developed in the early 20th century in Europe with ley line believers arguing that these alignments were recognized by ancient societies that deliberately erected structures along them. Since the ni- I know. Since the 1960s, members of the Earth Mysteries movement and other esoteric oh traditions have commonly believed that such ley lines demarcate Earth energies and serve as guides for, wait for it, alien spacecraft. Fucking crossover episode. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, archaeologists and scientists regard ley lines as an example of pseudo-archaeology and pseudoscience. Sounds like a fucking Mulder and Scully conversation in that paragraph to me. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly more to learn about ley lines than simply that first paragraph, but... If you didn't know, now you know a little bit, and you can go do your digging on your own uh, and know that somewhere in the world, Kristen and Jenny are doing theirs as well. That's right. Okay, so hanging out in the magic box, sooner or later, somebody's going to mention Giles (laughs) and the way he cleaned his glasses in stressful situations, and that's going to make Endearer remember Spike saying something about some kind of trap door from the magic book from the magic box to Giles' home. <gasps> Jas- Isn't this convenient? Jas- I mean, it's convenient, but also it makes sense. Yeah. And I celebrate I like, it. I like this. I like this convenience. I like the, I'm I'm here for it. The uh, Anya original flavor, 
was on the lease at the original Magic Box. Yes. So therefore, this Anya can scoot through. I love the reasoning that Indira can also make it. She just has to be real close to Anya behind her. I, I'm absolutely yep. here for all of this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jasper, good boy. Jasper sniffs out the trap Sniffing door. out the tweed. Yes. And whoosh, off they fucking go to... Fairweather Books. That's the name. Fairweather of- Books. <laughs> of course. If you were to name Giles's bookstore, would you not have named it fucking Fairweather Books? It's perfect. Uh, I love that everyone in this story is just fucking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, YOLO. It's dangerous to, you know, operate or even retire from. The magical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it while it's hot. I have but one life to live. Honestly, I would have been. There are there are plenty of uh, scenes where people are smooching and uh, having sex where I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, this one, if they were not talking about the sex that they had just had, I would have been mad, Jenny. I wanted this deeply in my heart. Yes. I heard this scene and I called... Kittery Town Hall and said, I would like to register for a permit to hold a parade on a date, <laughs> on the earliest available date that you have. Please let me know uh, the paperwork I need to file, the fees I need to pay. I'm very pleased and I need to have a parade about it immediately. Can you just file to have a parade? I don't know. But like, what if you could? Like, what if we could file to have a Buffy parade? Like, th- like what if we could just do that? <laughs> Okay, we'll deal with this later. Um, okay. <laughs> so the this scene, we opened with the sound clip where they all get there. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a second. But I did think it was really cool that this scene opened almost identically to how we saw Anya for the first time in the alternate reality. It's like they're in the bookstore, a customer who's a pain in the ass in some ways on the other oh, yeah. end, yammering about. Yes. They're both so annoyed the love that I have for Giles and Anya as a pairing, like just a fucking Buffy verse pairing is so deep that I thought it was really cool that um, they've been aligned in this way before Anya even blows into Fairweather books. Also, Jenny, yes. I've said Fairweather books so many times that I'm like, wait, is it called a Fairweather book? Cause you know, when you call somebody a Fairweather friend, it means like they'll like leave you in you need them most oh. or whatever. Yep. In what a- bad weather. Yeah, like what if it's fucking also like a little fucking burn at Giles season six who just fucking up and fucking left. (gasps) And probably bought this bookshop only to come back to it later and retire from his life of magic. Um, Here's the thing. Am I to understand the impression that I get from listening is that Anya, Indira, and Jasper come through this portal into Giles and Olivia's dot 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 bedroom no. in Tarabang? No. No. Jenny, I'm so excited to be the one to explain this to you. Wait, 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 wait. Let me try again. <clears throat> Are they fucking on the couch? Yeah, they're fucking in the bookstore, Jenny. They fucked in the bookstore. 
Wait, do they have a bedroom or do they just live in the bookstore? I think they have a bedroom, but I imagine, honestly, Olivia seems like the kind of person who would get up early with Giles, like early, early, because like 8 a.m. right now. They probably get up at 6 a.m. to like have their tea and like deal with all of the before opening stuff together. And maybe more often than not, when they get down to the books, they just can't stand it. I mean, books smell delicious. Uh, and then they just fuck. I'm so happy for them. And like, honestly... I hope they have the kind of relationship where, like, it happened once and they were in, like, you know, like, the G authors. And they were like, you know what we should do? Let's make our way through all the fucking letters of the alphabet. And so, like, one by one, they're not going to Let down. me amend my statement to say I'm so happy for them, but also I would not like to shop in a bookstore <laughs> where the proprietors are banging throughout the stacks all the time. I- I uh, disagree. I would love to shop in that bookstore. Please. Okay. You were actually Brooklyn or uh, maybe it's in Manhattan. I can't remember which borough, but they just opened a bookstore that is o- they only sell romance novels, which I think is so fun. Oh my gosh. So anyway, okay. We've really gotten off. There's, there's too many bookstores, too much fucking. We've gotten off the beaten okay, path. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so Anya... T- <laughs> And the sound clip that we opened with is we opened with it because I think it's so funny that like Giles is like, you're dead. And she's like, well, where I come from, you're fucking dead. Like- you're dead. <laughs> um, and they explain and Dira explains um, sort of like that she's a new slayer and they need his help just one more time. Just one more apocalypse, Giles. He's like, I'm not in that line of work anymore. A... World weary Olivia is like, all, like ten steps ahead of him, and is like, ladies, please sit. Mm-hmm. I made tea. Yeah, we will figure it out. And then Giles says, "Okay, Giles says bollocks." But the thing is that mm. Giles does not say bollocks. Giles says bloody hell. Spike <gasps> says bollocks. You're right. But if anyone can find an instance of Giles saying bollocks for me in a single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I would like to know about it because I could be wrong and I'm open to the possibility that I'm wrong. Y- you sound but very right to me. I just feel this just rang as not Gilesian to me. Yeah. Yeah. I support that. I'll write it in um, as... He didn't ever say this except for then he was roommates with Spike for a while. And so then he said it like every once in a while. Oh, totally. Totally. It's left over from <laughs> when they were roommates. Yeah. Um, I love the continuity of like jo- Olivia left, right? Hush. Hush is when Olivia said, I cannot fucking do this. Like, correct. I love to make out with you. You are really hot. You are very cool, but I cannot fucking wake up and look out the window to a floating gentleman outside of the fuck. I can't. No, no, no. And honestly, fucking same. So I love. She's right to say it. (laughs) I love the continuity of the fact that he is with Olivia and seemingly specifically is not doing this work anymore. That feels like it is written into their agreement as a couple. (laughs) I love it. Uh, all right. So back to Clemyanka over here. Clemyanka. Okay. So Anyanka is going to, and I quote, splooch Clem's brains out through his eye sockets uh, if the spell is not reversed. To make matters more complicated, Miranda shows up, but she, like, on the side is like, hey, guys, I'll feed on Anyanka because I am hungry. I'm always hungry. I, I long to feed. Um, 
they're arguing about it. Clemens like, please, no splooching. I'm a really cool, fun guy. Uh, they try it. Anyanka's like, get off me, you bitch. Uh, once Miranda <laughs> starts feeding. so embarrassed before she said, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Miranda turns on Spike because she's like, oh, I could never trust you. You betrayed all of evil kind, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Kristen Clem, do you remember in season seven when Spike takes the potentials on a little tour of Demonville yeah. and Clem does a thing with his face <laughs> that we do not ever see the front of and don't ever want to see the front of? Yes. Um, I feel like that is what he's doing right before he bites Miranda's head clean off. Huge Natalie French energy. Why do I feel like this is not the first time that I've said Huge Natalie French energy on, uh, in the on career, our coverage of this audio series. Yeah. I mean, in the career that you've entered, I'm sure you've said that phrase many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, do you think it's like a jaw unhinging thing, right? Like j- like jaw sort of like unhooks to uh, yeah, wrap its yeah. way around whatever needs doing. Um, I'm here for it. I'm fucking here for it. You know, I love a demon who's sweet as shit and fucking loves grape soda and fucking bugles and also can bite the head off of anyone who goes near his best friend, Spike. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay. Anyanka, meanwhile, senses Anya going through the portal and is like, gotta go. I've sensed uh, Mm -hmm. the rest of me, the other me, my light shadow, however she's thinking about Anya. She's like, (laughs) I gotta go. Uh... And Spike, Clem, Cordelia figure out pretty quick what must have happened. Spike says the phrase Willow Rosenberg. And I have decided, Kristen, that when anyone says Willow Rosenberg, if you're listening, you have to drink. Great. Do you think there's something happening here? Because why do they have to? They say her last. Do they say her last name every single time? I don't think every single time, but it has been more than once for sure. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't like it. it, I'm just wondering if there's some like rights thing or something like something that we don't know about because it doesn't make sense to me otherwise. Jenny, you said a lot of really important things, very important to the plot line, but you left out the fact that Cordelia calls on Yanka fugly. And I would really like to talk about that for a moment because listen, we don't like when people call each other names. We don't like when uh, the appearance of anyone is commented on. But guys, the term fugly, come on now. The combination of the words fucking and ugly, we just, it's just good, okay? I don't I don't think you should go calling people fugly, but as a general word, Kristen Russo gives it a fucking 10 out of 10. Fugly. Brings me right back to uh, 1994. <laughs> It's often been said, Kristen, that this girl is the nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. Do not trust her. She is a fugly slut. (laughs) It's just good. It just feels good to say. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Um, So, yeah. uh, Anyanka fucking ditched Cordy because she had to go find her soul sister, Anya. And... Okay. I'm picturing Anya singing and doing a little sort of like swinging, snapping elbow dance to Hey Soul Sister by Uh Train. uh uh And it is somehow making what I find to be an absolutely unbearable, abhorrent piece of music. Mm. Somehow 
feel not so bad. Yeah, I mean, I think Anya has that power. Don't you feel like Anya could be a big train fan? Yeah, <laughs> I do, actually. I agree. By the way, I'm so sorry to all the light beer drinkers. There was like a revolt against me because I... Oh, yeah. What did we say about light beer? Always, uh, you were guessing what Buffy would drink, and you said light beer, and I was like, how dare you? And And I would like to say for the record that I said... I would drink all of the things on this list. I just didn't feel like they were what Buffy would drink, especially if Cordy was having a whiskey. But, you know, okay. light beer drinkers are going to be Kristen light herself beer drinkers. drinks a light beer. I do. I do. Regularly. I do. Okay. Um, Anyanka says England to Cordelia, which is how the rest of the gang pieces this together. Right. Giles England. <laughs> And now we know that Anya and Indira are with Giles and Olivia at Fairweather Books. And Anyanka can simply poof her fucking self wherever the fuck she needs to poof to. So dun dun dun, better play episode four and find out what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I'm so excited that Clem bit somebody's head off. I love this for Clem. I love this. Spike loves this for Clem. Spike is like almost as turned on by Clem biting off Miranda's head as he yeah, was yeah. by Cordelia fucking. <laughs> Spike is ready to actually admit that they are best friends. <laughs> Spike And Spike also just like maybe needs to have sex with someone pretty soon. It feels like. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Kristen, what was your favorite audio? In this episode. All right. Admittedly, I forgot to pick one. But oh. then I re- no, but but I went back through my notes uh, trying to remember um, all of the sound clips. And I, I believe it actually is the sound of Clem biting Miranda's head off. I think I have nice. a memory of really appreciating that nice. sound. Nice. And what about you, Jenny? Uh, sort of the inverse of what you picked, <laughs> the sound of Anyanka's voice inside Clem's oh, head. Nice. Yeah. And that really was incredible. It would seem that we have nowhere left to look in this episode except directly into the currently empty but not for long trophy cabinet of this episode's Sexual Attention Awards. Kristen, 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 consider if you will, <laughs> if you don't mind. Four slots, eight noms, I guess, uh, six individuals and two concepts uh, is what we have on offer today. Uh, she can't help it that she has good genes and he can't help it that he is aroused when a woman kicks a whole bunch of ass. Consider, if you will, Cordelia and Spike. I really beg you to consider it. Yeah, consider it. Uh, in slot number two, our first entity and concept pairing <laughs> of today, uh, she can't get enough of everyone's trauma, sorrow, <laughs> and general sort of upset. <laughs> Uh, this is what we have here is Miranda and despair. Your despair, my despair, uh, despair at large, whatever despair you prefer. Uh, she'll take anything she can get. Honestly, the, the sound that seemed like the least of my business of all the sounds in this episode was the sounds that Miranda made while feeding off of Anyanka. Okay. I was like, whoa, <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, 
speaking of things that aren't our business, oh, Kristen, <laughs> oh my goodness, heavens to Betsy. In slot number three, we have Drusilla and in hard, hard, hard quotes, the hardest of all possible quotes, being hated. You said hard. Drusilla and being hated. Like it was already a lot, but you said hard like 40 times before you even finished the (laughs) pairing. Uh, And it's slot number four, the gentleman's choice. (laughs) The only real choice, in my opinion, in today's contest. Something we've been waiting for for nigh on 20 something years. Mm. Uh, It's Giles and Olivia. Come on, be a pal. Giles and Olivia. I mean, honestly, they've waited so long. We've waited so long. I will eat my hat if these two <gasps> don't win because there's simply no way. Okay, there's... now I don't want them to win because I want you to have to eat your hat. <laughs> I get to pick the hat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we did it, Jenny. One... I feel like, okay. Closing, <laughs> I think we did, but uh, this does feel like sort of in line with the STAs. I feel like this episode of the three that I've listened to so far was the one that like was if I was ranking all three, mm-hmm. this would be in the in slot number three for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm realizing it's because I feel like overstimulated. There's like a lot of sex. <laughs> there's a lot of punching. There's a lot of um sort of like exposition that we need to like you know get to the next steps for everyone's path. It's just like a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And I'm a simple guy. I'm I'm really excited to um work our way through all nine episodes because you know, right now we're sort of like, okay, you know, we're getting this information and that information and this information and you can't really from inside of episode 3 say, I wonder maybe that was a little bit too much of this story or too cuz you don't know where they're going to go and you don't know what yeah, they're setting totally. up now. Um and so I'm I'm really excited when we get to talk about all nine as one story um, and and from there kind of assess things. But um, for now, I guess we'll just see what happens at the Fairweather Books location next episode. I can't wait. People are probably going to stop having time to have sex moving forward. Yeah. There's going to be no time. Got to get a lot of that out of the way in the first three episodes. But they always say, It's all starting to make sense for me. In writer's rooms all the time. If they're going to bang, it's got to be in the first three episodes. Otherwise, they're never going to bang. They're not going to have any time to bang. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, gentle listener, I am Jenny Owen Youngs. When I'm not watching or listening to Buffy stories, I am usually making music. I have a new album out called Avalanche. You can find it in all of the digital music streaming places. You can buy a physical copy of the vinyl or CD via my website, JennyOneYoungs.com. It's also a great place where you can find my remaining tour dates for this year. I still have a West Coast run coming up in November. I'll be hitting LA, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle, and I hope to see some of you there. You can give me a shout on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs. Somebody could bring Jenny some malort uh, to one of those shows. I heard that uh, you didn't you didn't get the proper amount of malort in Chicago. The venue that I played in Chicago, technically Evanston, um, 
did not serve Malort. And I think that they did that. They they don't serve Malort because they care about their clientele. <laughs> but, but um, you know, sometimes you just really want to hurt yourself with some Malort. Yeah. So, so I mean. If anybody has any Malort, bring it on down. <laughs> Uh, my name is Kristen Russo, and I'm not trying to convince people to fly Malort across the country to Jenny Owen Young's. Uh, I am usually doing work with and for <laughs> LGBTQ communities. You can learn about that work at kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, you can also join me. You know, I, I the, the biggest way I do that work right now is speaking with workplaces. Um, I do facilitated conversations with management teams and with whole workplaces, and it's really cool and very fun. Um, but I also do some other fun little things like having a queer book club and some queer horror movie watches. Uh, and you can learn all about that on that website or use that spelling of my first and middle name to follow me on socials buffering the vampire slayer and buffering a rewatch adventure is on twitter facebook and instagram at buffering cast you can drop us an email at hello at bufferingcast.com. damn she didn't even say tiktok she's the reason we have tiktok she didn't even say oh, yeah. tiktok whoops i need to update my show notes sorry <laughs> You can support the work we do here. Jenny needs a couple extra dollars so she can remember that we're on TikTok. You know what I mean? Become a patron, <laughs> patreon.com slash buffering cast. Uh, you can also rate and review our shows uh, on iTunes or on Spotify. I don't know. Can you rate things everywhere? I'm just making shit up now. Just like say nice things about us, put good energy into the atmosphere and also support us financially on Patreon. Thank you so much. <gasps> this episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. And friends, till next time. Ow. Welcome. You've got the digital folklore. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can all... <coughs> Oh, hey, holy. Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.